Good afternoon, everybody Uneducated Economist here. Thought I'd talk a little bit more about the BRICS nations. I'm finding articles talking about ditching the dollar, de-dollarization, how all these nations are getting together and joining in with the BRICS and how they're going to get out of the dollar. Now, something I find very interesting when I read these articles talking about de-dollarization is that very few of them ever seem to bring up the fact that these nations have written debts that are due in dollars. Now think about this for just a second. The United States had did this exact same thing a long time ago when the dollar itself was coming up in a very critical position of loss of confidence. This was back in the late 70s. The Carter administration was issuing out U.S. treasuries that were due in Swiss francs and German marks. I'll leave a link down in the description. They were called Carter bonds. Now you think about that for just a second. The United States was selling debt that was due in a foreign currency, right? Because the loss of confidence that was taking place at the time. Now, you go on and you look at some of these BRICS nations. You look at some of them that are joining the BRICS nations. I'll leave a link down in the description to Ethiopia. In 2024, Ethiopia has a billion dollars worth of dollar bonds that are due. That means they need to come up with a billion dollars in order to pay those bondholders. A billion U.S. dollars. So tell me, how much ditching of the dollar or de-dollarization is going to be taking place when they owe a billion dollars to the bondholders in 2024? Very interesting, isn't it? See, when you think about it, if you put out the news that the dollar is terrible, that the de-dollarization has taken place, how there's hyperinflation coming and you got to ditch out of the dollar, how many dollars then become available for those who are secretly hoarding them up? You see, if you put this narrative out there, people are like, man, I don't want to touch this dollar. Dollar sucks. Everybody get out of the dollar. Everybody's getting out of the dollar. Look at all the nations that are getting out of the dollar. But yet these nations need dollars in order to pay their debts. Almost everybody needs dollars to pay their debts. And so I find it very amusing when I find articles talking about the de-dollarization or ditching of the dollar. When in the meantime, these nations, these exact same nations are in the future needing dollars in order to pay off their debts. Right? Just like everybody else. See, you find articles like China loading up on gold, getting ready to establish a new world currency backed by gold. But yet fail to mention anything about Gresham's Law. And how the only way that you can introduce a good currency into the system is if the current system has become completely worthless. That means dollars have to be absolutely no value before the gold can step in as a new currency. It's actually, uh, uh, sorry, Thiers' law. See, Gresham's law fades into Thiers' law. See, Gresham's Law is when bad money chases out good. And this is exactly how come we don't have gold in the system now is because the dollars that were in the system, the paper dollars that pretty much everybody thought that they had was going to be able to purchase the gold at a set amount. They found out later that they weren't going to be able to get their gold. It was bad currency in the system. It drove out all the gold. And now we use paper currency. And now when you think about it, if you want to in introduce gold back into the system, the moment that you put gold into the currency, the people who love gold would hoard it right back out. 
You can't put gold in there. There's too many people who are looking at that going, man, you put gold, a gun currency into the system? That's mine. You want an example of it? Just take a look at Venezuela. Just a few years ago, the Venezuela Boulevard had gone into some major hyperinflation and crash became worthless. Right? They finally said, okay, fine, use U.S. dollars. Go ahead and, and use the U.S. dollars here in the system. Boom, they flooded, right? All of a sudden, here's a good currency. The U.S. dollars is just flooding the system. And everybody's like, man, we're in the money. Look at the economy roll. Everything is awesome. Yeah. But then the most industrious people within the nation start to hoard that good currency. Because bad currency was in the system. And bad money drives out good. So although there was an initial wave of people who came in and spent a lot of money, dollars, within Venezuela, creating a booming economy... Soon as that money started entering into the system, it was almost immediately started to get pulled back out by the most industrious people. And next thing you know, there's less currency in the system. Everything starts to fail. Starts going back to the way it was. See, this is, these are the things you have to think about when you think about the de-dollarization. Right? China's not going to be able to introduce a gold currency. The only way they can do that is if the dollar itself and all the fiat currencies become absolutely worthless. If that was the case, then yeah, gold would be the only other option to, to go with. Cryptocurrencies on a lesser extent. Yeah. But unless the whole system completely fails altogether, the only thing, the only option you have is to introduce a currency that trades one-to-one -one with the current system. Right. One that doesn't compete. Look at some of the articles that are that are coming out from the BRICS nations themselves saying, hey, we're not trying to compete with the dollar. You know why? Because they can't. Gresham Law prevents it from happening. Right. So unless they want to sit around waiting and waiting and waiting for the dollar to become absolutely worthless so that they can introduce their gold currency, they're going to have to introduce something that competes one-to-one. -one. Right. Because if it's a good currency and they're introducing... It'll get hoarded out. And if it's a bad currency they're introducing, nobody's going to use it. Right? But if you trade it one-to-one -one and get everybody confident in it, well, then you might have a system in which that you can start printing up more or introducing more of the alternative currency. And people will naturally pick one of them as a good currency, and it'll slowly leave the economy or quickly, depending on you know the, the situation. But this is really what I think about when I find these these articles coming up, you know, talking about de-dollarization. And they never bring up these particular arguments about Gresham's Law, about the Ayers Law, or Thier's Law, sorry. Right? They, they don't talk about, like, Triffin's Dilemma. How do you provide the world with the currency? See, you could set up these, these transactions where you're doing trade in your local currencies, but... Really, when it comes doing trade on a global scale, how do you make that happen? How do you come up with a common currency for everybody to use that everybody will agree on? Everybody, you know, you take Russia, for example. They were selling a lot of oil to India. They ended up with a bunch of rupees. They didn't need it all. Now they have a ton of rupees they don't know what to do with. Now I'm sure they figured it out and slowly, you know, filtered them off in, in ways that they can, you know, actually use them. But they were in a position in which that they had a lot of these things and India was not about ready to say, hey, man, go ahead and just dump those things out on the market. That would start, you know, flooding the flooding the 
put in the market with rupees and start lowering the value of the rupee. I mean, these are situations that happen. That's the reason why everybody is nervous about like what it is that they're going to use as far as a world currency because really nobody else is doing what the dollar is doing. You think about this. The United States is in massive deficit spending and they go into massive deficit trade. Now, granted, there are situations like right now where there's a lot of trade differences taking place, less things coming from China, but there's a reestablishment around the globe of where the supply chains are going. And so it only makes sense during this downturn that we have a issue or a change to the way that the trade has taken place, right? But ultimately at the end of the day the united states is the world's largest consumer and there's really nobody else who's doing what the united states is doing as far as consumption and the whole point of that is is to export dollars to the rest of the world that's the only real way you can get dollars out to the world it's like i said it's triffin's dilemma so by going into massive deficit spending and trade imbalances you can export dollars to the rest of the world. There's no other nation who is really willing to do something like that and to take on that kind of debt. I mean, this is really where I think a lot of people get very confused about like how it is that the dollar is going to fail. There's a long road to go before the dollar can fail from this. Uneducated economists, you let me know.